Attention, it's Joe time. I can't believe it. Oh, my. I was on TV. Gentlemen. Milady. You will always remember this as the day that you almost caught Captain Jack. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing. That it was all started by a month. To the Disney Universe Tiki Cast. This is the destination for everybody in the Disney, Tiki, and Adventure community. I am your host, Joey, and we are here cruising along with episode six. Uh, we are still going through our little uh, quarrying Tiki time. Uh, I've kind of taken that from Tiki Tony and probably many other uh, uh, Tiki artists. Um, but yeah, we're still bringing the show because that's one thing we could do at home while we're still staying safe. And this is a very uh, fun show. Uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Tiki King. Uh, you know him for many awesome uh, Tiki carvings, necklaces, bracelets, uh, wall art, um, Tiki bar signs, everything. So uh, we get to, well, I get to talk to him. I had a great conversation, and um, that'll be coming up real soon. Uh Normally, I do a little bit of news, but <clears throat> there's not much news going on. Uh, as you guys know, uh, everything's kind of shut down. So uh, I'm sure many of yours, uh, like mine, uh, local tiki bars are also shut down. But uh, many of them are, or at least I'm guessing, but uh, like I said, my, my local tiki bar is the Jungle Bird here in Sacramento. And they're doing a great job of uh, keeping uh, our local Ohana and uh, food and drink enthusiasts uh, happy here. Uh, so they've gotten together with um, uh, one of their sister uh, restaurant, which is an awesome barbecue spot here in Sacramento, the Tank House. And they've kind of combined and put the uh, the Jungle House, is I think what they've, they've been calling it. So you could go grab some awesome barbecue. Plus, um, there's also some uh, drinks to go um, from the from the Jungle Bird. And so, uh, if, so if you're in the Sacramento area, definitely be sure to check them out. And um, they've also um, started a GoFundMe page to help the bartenders and uh, staff during this rough time. So um, I was able to donate a little bit uh, what I can. Uh, I'll probably donate again later uh, also. But um, if you guys want to help out there, uh, check out uh, the GoFundMe page or I believe the link. I'll also put the link in our show notes. Um, but the, the site is gf.me backslash u backslash xrjj. <laughs> DG, and uh, so that's to help the Jungle Bird. If if you guys are a fan of what they do, or you know, I'm sure many of your guys' local uh, tiki bars are uh, looking for help for their staff, and you know, let uh, so if you, if you're able to, definitely give them a give you those get people a hand here. Um, I'm pr- pretty sure that's going on nationwide, but uh, yeah, and you know, don't try to bank break your bank, yeah. Uh, if you don't have to, but you know, any, any little bit helps, I'm sure. Um, but one of the major news, especially for this, uh, our site here is, you know, one of my big, real big, uh, things I've been looking forward to was the jungle cruise movie. And, um, due to the COVID-19 virus, many of Disney's movies and Marvel's movies has been pushed and, uh, which knocks this one, uh, because of, 
Mulan was supposed to come out a few weeks ago, and now that's gotten Jungle Cruise's uh, time slot, and then the Marvel. It, it's just a big mess. So I, I won't I won't give you guys the whole entire Disney uh, um, movie schedule, but sadly, um, the Jungle Cruise has been bumped to July thirtieth, twenty twenty one, and this is the second time that this movie has been bumped uh, a full year due to the massive uh, Disney Marvel everything Disney owns. <laughs> Um, movie schedule so uh yeah it was originally supposed to come out in 2019 but due to like endgame and many other movies that were filled uh in the disney universe in 2019 they smartly moved it to this year and uh had an awesome spot uh this july but uh, that stupid corona so uh once again sadly uh, jungle cruise has been moved to july 30th 2021 uh, so hopefully someday we'll be able to get to see this, what looks to be an, uh, an amazing movie. Um, hopefully something that, uh, spawns off some sequels, comics, you know, kind of starts a new, uh, kind of like Disney's next pirates, uh, phenomenon. Um, so yeah, once again, like I said, uh, yeah, that kind of bums me out, but it is what it is. Um, but, uh, that's pretty much it for really any news a lot of i know there's a lot of convention not conventions but a tiki uh oasis arizona and tiki land day at disneyland and some events have been canceled or postponed so uh there's probably too much to list so i uh, just check if you're wondering um just check those sites uh websites or their social medias but um but going getting back to the uh good side of the show like i said um i'd like i'm really happy to bring um uh, be able to get to bring this guest at Tiki King, uh, to the show, um, met him at Adventureland day. We talked a little bit about that and I figured this would be a great, great, uh, definitely a great interview to, uh, keep everybody in a, in a positive and happy mood. And, um, so without further ado, here's my interview with Tiki King. All right. So I'm, I'm very, uh, excited to have our, uh, our guest here, uh, Tiki King, does some really awesome uh, tiki uh, um, carvings and uh, mixed drinks uh, <laughs> on YouTube and uh, ran into him at uh, Adventureland Day, and I just really wanted to get him on the show here. So, uh, uh, sir, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Very good, very good. Uh, like I said, just hanging out here in the bar, having a Mai Tai, and enjoying what's left of the day. <laughs> exactly, nice. And, uh, of course, uh, I'll get to this later, but, uh, yeah, uh, one of your favorite concoctions is, uh, I'm guessing, the Mai Tai. That, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is actually yeah, this is the, the Trader Vic's recipe. Well, it's it's most of the Trader Vic's recipe because uh, I didn't I, when I juiced my limes, I didn't keep the shells. Oh. Um, <laughs> I didn't have any mint because of uh, – I'm going to blame the coronavirus. <laughs> of course. We're going to blame blame that for everything right now. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, it's got all the booze in it, so that's, a, that's the important part. Yeah, exactly. At least uh, I was going to mix me a drink it before, but I'm I'm kind of low on uh, spirits right now. So, uh, well, that is one thing. One one uh, slight benefit to Utah is that the liquor stores are all government run, so they're considered essential employees, and there's not a lot of competition. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> so as far as the actual getting spirits goes, it's it's not that difficult. So. Well, that's good. Lucky for you. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so I was just wondering, uh, like I've been following you for a while on the social media and, uh, like I said, you do some awesome art and, uh, uh, you act, were really nice and gave me a, a really cool Tiki Mickey uh, necklace at Adventureland Day. But I was just wondering, 
uh, kind of going to the beginning, what kind of drew you to the tiki scene? Well, <clears throat> um, it, uh, it, it, we may go over your 15 minutes. Oh, that's um, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so there's, there's, it's funny cause the more, like I have my, my, uh, my story, the Tiki King story, which is fairly shallow because the business itself, I started in 1993. Uh, and that was because when I lived in San Francisco, um, there was still a few Tiki bars, uh, but I was poor. <laughs> so what I would do is carve necklaces and give them to the waitresses as tips. Oh, nice. And they'd be all stoked about it. I'd give them the bartenders, and sometimes that would give me a round or two. And, uh, you know, that way I could spend more money on actual drinks. <laughs> but uh, so what happens then, friends start asking, hey, you know, where'd you get, where can I get a tiki from you? And I got there, like, hey, a friend of mine wants one too. And I was like, you know what? So I started, I made a Xerox page of these designs that I'd carved and start selling them. And that's how the business started. Um, but it was also based on a conversation about, at the time, there was, you know, you'd go to thrift stores to find tiki stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was really hit or miss. None of the bars had any souvenirs. It was like there was, it was kind of make it yourself other than, you know, the mugs that you could find at Goodwill and whatnot. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm going to, I should just do that. I should just start a, a business just making tiki's. And because no one else was doing it that I knew of, you know, there was obviously people here and there in LA and Bosco and, and some people who were, who were on the fringes, but nobody knew each other. No one really knew how it was all you know, there was no internet. So, well, I guess there was, but um, very slow, <laughs> but yeah, it was that I had my catalog at the time was prints and it was all word of mouth, you know, and I, it was, you send me a dollar and I'd send out a catalog and, um, but, uh, so that's where the business started. But there, I mean, it goes back even further. When I was like three years old, my uncle who was a surfer gave my dad a stone tiki mm-hmm. and it used to sit next to the playhouse behind my, out in our backyard. And, I was thinking about that and I thought that was, I, I thought there, you know, it was kind of a big gap between that and my, you know, later years. But then I remembered recently that when I was probably in third grade, my mom actually gave me a little tiny tiki necklace. Mm-hmm. But at the time I assumed that all tiki's must be cursed. So, but because she gave it to me, I thought, well, I have to wear it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I have to like always make sure that I'm, you know, respecting it because it's obviously cursed. So I can't incur the wrath, you know, um, when I started thinking about that, I'm like, wow, that was, there's like little, there's been little tiki things throughout my life. Um, and of course, growing up in the woods, you know, there was no shortage of sticks to carve and I was always just carving real primitive little, you know, little tiki's. Um, and then in my early twenties, I started when I, my mom lived far away and I'd drive up to her house and there was nothing to do up there. So I'd sit and whittle tiki's and stick them in the crotches of trees and in her bookcases and just like here and there, you know. Art dropping before so it was a thing. I realized it's kind of just always been there, um, but it didn't. It didn't really blossom until I found out there were other people. I always thought it was my own sickness. <laughs> but the, then I met Otto, and he kind of introduced me to the fact that there was this whole sort of undercurrent um, of, of tiki fanatics. That was back. That was ninety five, I guess mm-hmm. ninety five, ninety six, somewhere around there. Yeah, and I was thinking about the the curse. It's like everybody goes back to kind of like the Greg Brady, you know, the necklace that cursed the whole. Well, yeah, and there's I don't know if you've read. I have a whole story about that tiki because um, that in the beginning that was the first one that I said I was going to make. Mm-hmm. I was like, everyone knows the, the Brady tiki. I'm going to make the Brady tiki, and um, I it, to to make a long story short, every time I started working on it, something bad happened. Oh, no. Started with the first the first thing that happened. 
was uh, I got a flat tire, and I, I used to be a Vespa mechanic. Mm -hmm. I don't know about Vespas, but you have your own spare tire. But I never got flat tires. But the first day I started working on it, I got a flat tire. Oh, no. And I thought, didn't think anything of it. Second time I started working on it, I ran out of gas, which is also Vespas have a reserve tank, so you should never run out of gas. But somehow it got turned on reserve. I ran out of gases in San Francisco in the Tenderloin, so a bad, bad neighborhood. Yeah. And I was pushing my scooter, and um, uh, my passenger said, man, you carved the wrong tiki or angered the gods or something. And I was like, oh, is that Brady tiki? <laughs> it is. It's taboo. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, so I was like, I, I didn't necessarily believe it, but so I stopped. I'd stopped working on that one. And then uh, a few weeks later, I decided, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to work on this one. And I was actually at work and it was, the, there was nothing going on. And uh, so I went, took the thing out and I had a little drawing on the, on a piece of wood. And I took my exacto knife, literally shaved off a piece of wood. And my boss starts screaming. And I go up to the front of our shop. We had our shop was in the back and the store was in the front. As I'm walking through, a, literally a wall of water comes in through, floods our entire shop. The main, the water main from 1906 in front of our store broke the moment I started carving that tiki. Oh, wow. Flooded our shop. We were out of work for weeks. And uh, I, as we were cleaning up, I said, you know, not that I'm really taking responsibility for this, but these things happened, and it culminated when I was doing this. And they're like, you got to get rid of it. you got to get rid of it. So we ended up burning the drawing and throwing the, the partial carving into the into the sewer. Mm -hmm. And as we're doing that, this guy walks up and he's like, what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, nothing. We're just, you know, trying to, to muck the place out. And he goes, well, what do you, how much you guys lose? And we're like, we don't know, 20,000, 30,000, you know, who knows? And he said, well, I'm from the city and we're actually going to reimburse you because it's covered on the insurance since it was in front of your property. Oh, wow. and, I thought, and I was thinking, okay. Each time that I worked on that Brady Tiki, it got exponentially worse. Then when I destroyed it, when I sacrificed it, all of a sudden things were made better. Oh, my God. And so that's I said, crazy. No, people can do as they will, but I personally will never carve that Tiki, <laughs> that Brady Tiki. Um, and actually, ever since then, um, I ha whenever I make a new design, I wear it for a week. Mm -hmm. If anything weird happens. And so far... <laughs> So far, I've been okay. So. Well, that's good. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, what, what yeah. other than that are um, what were some of your other like early carvings or like some of the uh, designs um, you were doing? Well, I did uh, the. Uh, I mean, the like I said, the, the the earliest ones were were when I was pretty young. But I mean, I did a set in my, I guess I was probably twenty, so that would have been eighty three. I did a set for my sister of. Uh, you know, I made up names for them. I didn't really know anything about the actual uh, about actual tiki's, other than you know that they came from somewhere in the mm -hmm. south. So, um, but uh, yeah, like I said, I've been carving weird, just little guys for as long as I can remember. Um, and uh, it, it, the current thing, like I said before, it was like how much stuff can I fit in my house? And then I didn't, you know, I had started building my my uh, basement bar, and like I said, didn't really know anybody else was into this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. so it was just sort of like, well, how much stuff do I need? You know, <laughs> well, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, and like, it's awesome. I mean, you're able to do it yourself. Like I'm, I, I don't got any kind of skill like that. So it's like, all my stuff was, you know, I don't want to say like store-bought, but like the cheap, <laughs> like at first when I was kind of getting into, I've always kind of been like, ever since I was a kid into like Tiki art and stuff. So 
but for the longest time you can only get stuff like at Spencer's or Party City. So until you actually kind of dabble in the community and find out like, whoa, there's a whole community out here and stuff. So uh, you're kind of lucky being able to do your own. I think that's that's really yeah, cool. It's it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of fun because it's it like I said, it kind of gives me it's an artistic outlet, of course. Um, but uh, it's I was telling my partner that you know it's it's also a very almost um, therapeutic thing mm-hmm. because I'll go out and be working on necklaces and it's like, it doesn't matter. It, it's not that I'm going, okay, well, I'm going to make this many and it's going to give me this much money. And it's going to, I'm just, I'm just going carve, you know, cast, finish, <laughs> paint, string, you know, it's like, it's a very, um, uh, what they call mindful thing where you can do something that isn't that you don't have to focus on, but it's sort of, it's almost like a, like meditation. Mm-hmm. Therapeutic. And I find that a lot of, <laughs> yeah, a lot of carving and stuff like that. You can't. You have to be focused enough so that you you you're paying attention to what you're doing, but it it isn't. Uh, it also takes your mind off of anything and everything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot like you know. I also have done a, a bit of archery, and I found that when I was doing archery, kind of the whole world went away except for there was you know basically the bow and the arrow. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like as long as no one was in the way. <laughs> Once it was released, it was on to the next one, and there was no there was no work, there was no you know bills, um, and this is kind of the same thing. And I'm I've I'm just count myself very lucky that I can make somewhat of a living doing it, you know. Yeah, so, and getting in the zone like that that's that's pretty cool. Um, other than uh, like the necklaces and the uh, stuff, you also been uh, I, I saw on your uh, YouTube you're doing uh, ukulele or painting or. Uh, ukulele well, I actually crap. build. I, oh. I I don't have my shop set up here, but uh-huh. um, I started building ukuleles in 2001. Uh huh. Build from scratch, just from a big chunks of wood, cut it all down, and and uh, build and start to finish. You know, I don't make the tuners, obviously, and the fret wire, and the strings, but um, everything else, I cut the fretboards by hand and lay in the frets, and I mean, it's 100. percent Like I said, from a chunk of wood to a musical instrument, which that in its own thing is um, is also about as close to magic as I think you can get. Uh, where you can just take a block of wood and end up with something that makes music. Oh yeah, that's uh, an instrument I've been wanting to pick up for years, and so I was just like, oh, once, once I saw that, I was like, oh. <laughs> Got to be careful though, because it can. It, it's like the tiki thing; it can take over your life. Oh. So. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> so, um, what what uh, like I said, we 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 met through uh, the Disneyland. Uh, I, be- I believe. And uh, so what kind of inspired you to do some of the uh, Disney art? Um, well, it's a, it, uh, the, the Disney thing is just, I started um, for, for myself, basically though. Mm-hmm. And the mouse ears uh, tiki that I made, I actually made it originally in 19, in, in 2007 when I went on uh, vacation and I thought I have to have, you know, cause I was wearing tiki's anyway, but I was like, yeah. oh, I need one that's a little, that's, you know, that's Disney specific. Um, so I made that one. I never produced it for sale or anything. It was just my own <clears throat> um, thing just because I, I, you know, it, it just seemed to fit. Um, but uh, Disneyland is also one of those things where the it's, it's intriguing to me because there's not a lot of what m- most people would consider to be typical tiki's. Mm-hmm. So much of it is like, um, is like the, the PNG stuff, Papua New Guinea influenced, things and it's like even the hawaiian stuff is really not hawaiian 
typical, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the uh, representations they have of, of uh, you know, Tangaroa and all the different Hawaiian gods are all actually, you know, it was Raleigh Crumb mm-hmm. who was influenced so much by, by other tiki cultures <laughs> who adapted that whole thing, you know, to, to sort of suit his artistic uh, vision. And also Mary Blair, um, which most people that you rarely get to see, she did a lot of, of the same sort of thing of tapa cloth inspired things. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the same thing, a lot of uh, Papua New Guinea, uh, themes with the different, like the multiple beings in one, you know, tiki. Um, but yeah, she did. Uh, if you look at, uh, I don't know if you've been at the Disneyland hotel and seen the, the, there's all the Mary Blair concept paintings of small world. Yeah. If you look at those and then look at tapa cloth, you can see the almost identical patterns that have just been sort of modernized and made in this, uh, you know, used mid-century modern aesthetics mm-hmm. on a pattern that, you know, dates back, who knows. But uh, I always found it interesting that there's this whole um, undercurrent of that going on that, that most people wouldn't even notice. Mm-hmm. Also been, but accepted at the same time. You know, just like oh, a, that makes me. Oh yeah, just the style of the time. I I would guess <laughs> over there. Well, it's funny as, um, like Adventureland. The entrance there, it's it's uh, always amused me that the the if you look at it if you look at it with the right eyes, it's really gruesome. Mm-hmm. You have skulls on posts lining the way. You know. Yeah. And I thought it's funny. Most people are like, "Yay, adventure!" <laughs> Not thinking of the fact that that represents the trophies of headhunters. You know, <laughs> which it's 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 funny because it's not. You know, I'm not I'm not going. It's gruesome and terrible. I'm like, this is actually kind of awesome because nobody is seeing really how gruesome a lot of this stuff is. Yeah, heads on spikes or whatever in the flames. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. Yeah, I never um, thought of it that way. That's funny. Before I, you know, I, I didn't. I was a kind of a late bloomer with Disney. I didn't go until probably 19, I was in high school, you know, in the band and they'd do the trip to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there was a lot of imagery. I grew up with, you know, the, the wonderful world of Disney and uh, watching the, the shows and um, with, with books and, and, you know, all, all kinds of just different imagery. And that was the one that more than anything else uh, attracted me. It's like, I wasn't, the fantasy land stuff, the, the, all the, everything else, but it was adventure land. I think probably because of, because of those skulls on poles, and, <laughs> you know, all this strange imagery, you know, and it was like, that was the, that was where the adventure was. Yeah. It wasn't that one spot, you know? Interesting. Uh, speaking of adventure land, like I said, we ran into each other at uh adventure land day this past, uh, uh, March. So I was just wondering how was your, uh, experience this year at adventure land day? Oh, it was great. We had a, we had a good time. Um, there was the, you know, a couple glitches, yeah. um, which, which everybody experienced. Um, but no, we had a great time. It was re- it was it was a lot of fun to see so many people dressed up. Um, it was very interesting wandering around, and one being mistaken for cast members, um, <laughs> and you know, people asking, you know, hey, excuse me, can you tell me where they? You know, yeah, I, like, well, I don't actually, care, but yes, I can tell you. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, just having all the different people, and also, it was we, you know, we inadvertently turned on a lot of different people who were like so. You know how do you how do you get to do this? You're like you just go. Yeah. <laughs> so they tell you when it is, and you come do it. And they're like really because we thought it was a special club, and we didn't. We we're like no, no, you 
you know, the entire park could get on if they wanted. Yeah. <laughs> it might be difficult to make that many medals, but. Exactly. <laughs> I thought they did a good um, job with it this year with a kind of limiting. Because uh, I know last year, like when we we're doing the code uh, decipher, people are like, oh, what are you guys doing? And we're like, oh, you know, this is Adventureland Day. And they're handing out sheets. So I guess they ran out of too many pins last year because of, you know, just people oh. kind of running in. So, um, but yeah, I thought this year's the few, like you said, the few glitches, but I thought it was a really good, um, got some funny looks walking around galaxy's edge. Cause I was dressed up as uh, a j- jungle cruise yeah. skipper from uh, the upcoming uh, movie. So <laughs> people were like, uh, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, we had, that was, we had a great time. We were able to, um, we went to actually the, the, uh, Los Angeles adventurers club, um, oh, nice. before that. So, um, what was the, it was the Thursday night before, mm-hmm. uh, there was Tiki, it was Tiki night at the adventurers club. So, oh, cool. Very cool. <laughs> we got to kind of have a precursor adventure to the, uh, to the adventure. Nice. Make, make it a nice long weekend. <laughs> and, uh, so going back to your YouTube channel, like I'm sure, uh, I just, I always like to ask people like, what are your, like, since you actually mix drinks on, on your show, like, uh, what, what are your favorite drinks that you like to do? Oh, boy. Um, so I'm not – so I just did uh, episode 100 and, 109, mm-hmm. um, which uh, it's a, it's it's kind of tough sometimes deciding on what to make um, because it, it, I'm sure the audience probably doesn't really care much, you know, as long as I'm making something and they can, <laughs> they can have fun longer or, you know. but for me it's I've you know I've been a bartender and been my own bartender and I get I get really into the minutiae of it mm-hmm. but I start going well that's this exact same drink but with this tiny difference that's the same also and it's like trying to pick something that's interesting to me um, can be a challenge mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, okay there's the whole class of you know it's like even like my ties and daiquiris are, are are pretty close cousins you know yeah, it's like there, there's your your booze, your citrus, your sweet. But trying, it's like it, realizing that there's a finite amount of ingredients, and just like cooking, there's some things mixed and some things don't. Um, so finding finding drinks that are interesting to make and that taste good, but some that were interesting to make and did not taste good at all. <laughs> um, and sometimes I find that out on the show because sometimes I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to make this drink and we're going to see how it goes, you know. Um, but uh, my favorite, my favorite drinks. Um, I don't make that often because I just get plowed, and the show wouldn't go too well. <laughs> it wouldn't. It happens anyway. But, um, but uh, I'm partial to uh, to good martini. Mm-hmm. Um, I like my my sort of nightly drink. I've found that if I uh, if I start making my ties, I can drink too many of them before it's too late. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> um, so I'm usually, for as far as my favorite drink, I'm I'm mostly uh, bourbon or Irish whiskey. Mm, nice. So, uh, usually just saying just over what uh, what Hunter Thompson called a snow cone, just a cup of crushed ice and bourbon. Um, but uh, my favorite drinks to make on the show, anything flaming, of course. Um, which that's uh, Captain Bosnanas here is a big fan of the flaming drinks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, anything I can set on fire. It's always fun. Always um, cool. <laughs> I like things. I like both things that are overly complicated, and I like ones that are super simple. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's it's a 
the most fun if I can have something that either has a good story behind how I found out about it or has a good story about just drinking it. <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> nice. So oh. I had a few shows that revolved around, I mean, I, you know, I did one that was uh, basically Boilermakers. Mm-hmm. About as basic as you can get with a with more than one ingredient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, though. <laughs> I've, mm-hmm. had, I've, I've had uh, my my fair share. <laughs> um, and now being an artist and stuff, like, what's your favorite part of uh, being in a I guess this this current uh, tiki community? Um. Wow. Um. It's it's a. Uh... It's gratifying. That's mm-hmm. a definitely, you know, having <clears throat> having a, a uh, not, I don't know, if the, not captive audience, but having a targeted audience. Um, you know, I've, I've done so much. I mean, I do a lot of a lot of different kinds of art. I mean, I mm-hmm. do carving. I do simple paintings. I do very detailed paintings. Um, you know, I do the, the I do plaques. I make purses. Um, I'm right now I'm working on getting my kiln hooked up so I can start going back into making mugs. Um, but I make so many different things and I, uh, for a long time, well, it was eight years. I had a, a retail store, uh, near Santa Cruz in California. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems I had all this stuff and people come in and go, Oh my God, this stuff is amazing. I mean, it's not my thing, but you know, <laughs> and it was kind of hard because walk in, there's not a lot of, uh, of, uh, tiki fanatics, in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in actually a town called Felton, which is up in the mountains. Oh, I, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So up in Felton, uh, it's a little, it's a little more uh, rednecky, you mm-hmm. know? So, uh, but having, you know, now that I'm, it's pretty much all online. Um, it's, I found it's, it's a little more personal because I have people who are, who are into the, not only the genre, but you know, they, they like what I do. And I, I take it very personal when I, a lot of times when I'll make something, I have a hard time selling it because I want to, I like it first of all, but I also sometimes I'm like, hope making, want it to go to a good home. Yeah. You know, get attached. Um, that's one of the things that I, you know, I get feedback of people who are really excited about it. Um, and it's, it's kind of like, that's one of the reasons you do art is so that someone, you know, you'll make something and someone will go, wow, that's, that's the thing that I want, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so it's, it's a, the, the tiki art, it's, I think it's just because it's very, um, you know, it has a lot of my, my, me in it. Um, and having people who really appreciate it, but aren't, aren't out to buy, it's not Thomas Kincaid. It's not something that people are buying because they've been told that it's cool mm-hmm. or that I suppose some are, I don't know, but, um, but it's not necessarily the kind of art that people are going, Oh, well this, this kind of art is an investment. Um, I'm sure there are some shag people buying, you know, stuff that they think they're going to be able to sell later at a, <laughs> at a profit. But I think for the most part, most of the people out in it today are looking for things that speak to them and that they want to look at, mm-hmm. you know? And that's one thing I, I really like, uh, you know, re- getting into the, you know, tiki culture and, like you kind of you you're introduced to these artists and you kind of really fall into their their style so it's like you you get their stuff because you first of all you like like you said you like it but then it's also an extension of that artist in my opinion 
And I think a lot, yeah. a lot of people like to have that, you know. And mm-hmm. you can tell, like, what's, you know, what's Tiki King or Tiki Tony, or you could tell just by, oh, looking at it. And, you know, I think a lot of people do like that because they feel like, you know, in a small part, <clears throat> you know, supporting the artist that, you know, they're, they're like, oh, you know, they're, that's, I guess, like part of just fitting into the community. That's how I, I think, yeah. in, in my opinion. So. And it's also, it's, um, you know, for the most part, it's it's not um, it's not that pretentious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like I, 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 you know, I've known a lot of these people since before it was really a thing. Yeah. And for the most part, you know, it, it, it's <clears throat> you, you have well, not yet anyway. There's not a lot of, um, you know. Tiki artist rise and fall stories on uh, you know Entertainment Weekly or whatever. So, you know, it's like it's it's sort of such a big family. Yeah, and that's you know, what I've everyone, noticed. Yeah, everyone sort of you know it's like it, I'm not I'm not sure how to quite articulate, it, but it's it's not like oh well now I'm too big for you for this. So you know, um, so you said probably the 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 most famous artist i know is, is shag mm-hmm. like i said when i'm when we're any place together it's like he still makes time to come over and see what's going on and you know and it's like because he's i think regardless of how big he's gotten he's still kind of going i'm just making stuff i'm having yeah. a good time and i'm thinking <laughs> and i'm you know and he's been very um it, it's it's really cool to see at least somebody make it pretty big yeah you know? and i when um, i was first introduced introduced to him is even before I saw knew him like as a kind of tiki or retro like artist, but he was doing a lot of uh retro Disney art and at mm-hmm. the Wonderground and I was like, Oh, I love this and come to find out he, he was I'm like, Oh, that's the same guy that did that tiki uh shirt, you know, that I really wanted that I had no idea at the time and but now that I look at his yeah. style it's like, how did I not see that? <laughs> yeah, there's his 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 um you know, he's a he's a also probably one of the more emulated artists um but you know it's funny because he uh <clears throat> when i first met him he was just dabbling in that in in what is now his style and he was doing that because he wanted to get a break from what he was doing which was illustrating for magazines yeah <laughs> and you know it's funny that he was like no i want to do something that's just my own art and now that's become what th- that like became him you know yeah that's super cool <laughs> so uh Hopefully we get uh, cleared up of this uh, little uh, little COVID thing we've been dealing with. But once that's all done, is there any like uh, projects or events you're looking forward to? Once hopefully well, everything opens back up, the biggest one is probably uh, once again if it's well, it remains to be seen. But Tiki Oasis, mm-hmm. um, that's my big event for the year. <clears throat> um, because I also since it's it's been somewhat unfortunate, but. Also very, very fortunate. I'm uh, I most of the season I tour full time. Mm-hmm. Um, band called the Wicked Tinkers of Scottish Music, mm. and we play festivals every other weekend. And we're usually gone for five days. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I actually, it's people know me in the Scottish scene probably better than the Tiki scene. Oh wow, cool! <laughs> it's like they know me as Tiki King. They come to our booth, and it's like I'm selling as many Tiki necklaces as they're, we're selling CDs. Oh, nice. <laughs> Not not entirely, but um, <laughs> but it's funny because I've made kilt pins. I've made um, I don't know how familiar you are with Scottish stuff, but 
um, when you're wearing your Scottish stuff, there's a knife you wear in your sock. Mm, yeah. Uh, tiki handles. And uh, <laughs> those been, it's like, I sort of introduced this weird tiki angle into this uh, Scottish scene. That's been kind of fun. Nice but, little fusion. <laughs> but the, the, uh, the drawback there is, although that is my main income, pretty much anytime there's something happening, it's on a weekend that I'm on the other side of the country. Uh. Uh, so I, you know, most of the, most of the events with the exception of Tiki Oasis, I'm usually can't do them. Uh. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's, that's an, uh, an event I've always wanted to go to. Um, it's always around my birthday. So it's like, uh, I've always wanted to get down to San Diego, but then it's like, Oh, this year, that's just the, the scheduling in August is just super crazy. So I have to wait, hopefully wait till next year, but I've been trying to get to TikiCon in Portland. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I used to live in Portland and the whole time I lived there, I had no idea, even though, you know, I'd spend weekends at the Alibi and doing that stuff. I had no idea they had a convention there until I moved back to California. So I'm like, I got to get up there a couple times. <laughs> Now, the alibi, the <clears throat> alibi has a special place in my heart. I'll tell you. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. It's well, it's funny because we were on a, a um, we were out on tour, and we decided that everywhere we went, we were going to hit up a tiki bar. We ended up, I think, we did seven tiki bars in five states in four days. Oh, cool. <laughs> and one of the last places was we were in in uh, we ended up up in Oregon, and we had we did a show on on Friday and. It was um, successful because we got trashed. I mean, like, <laughs> crashed. And we had planned on going to Alibi, but we were so hungover, we were like, we can't do it. Can't do it. And I was like, now we got to do it. We got to go just at least have one drink. Yeah. Got to just go. We'll have one drink. <clears throat> and um, we ended up, we were in Forest Grove. Oh. We ended up taking the train out. <clears throat> we get the Alibi, and we're like, okay, one drink. So we have a drink. And it's like, okay, well, how long do we have until the train comes? It's like, we got like a half an hour. Like, okay, we can have one more. <laughs> so we have another one, and we were like, <clears throat> how, okay, how long do we got? And it's like, we got about 10 minutes. We're like, think we can have one more in 10 minutes? Like, yeah, we can, have, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Had another one. Then the, the waitress bought us a drink, and we said, we can't. We have to leave. And she goes, that's okay, huh? I'll give you a drive. I'll, I'll drive you home. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> really? So we ended up getting there until they closed and uh, had – Many more drinks. There's a somewhere out there. There's a photo stream of things getting progressively. There's like after a while, there's like eight umbrellas sticking out of my hat and we're wearing skates <laughs> and it's uh but uh yeah that was that was one of those unexpected things of I was like we're just gonna go have one you know it's like <laughs> nice. six drinks late. <laughs> That's awesome. That's usually how we our downtown our times in Portland were like oh when's a train come. All right, then he passes. Oh, it'll be back in fifteen minutes yeah. after well, that. But at least you had the ride. That's cool. <laughs> well, sir, uh... yeah, the, the TK Oasis is the big one for me. That's that's every year. I've been doing it since two thousand seven. I went to the first one two thousand six, but uh -huh. I've been going and vending since two thousand seven. And I make the trophies um, oh. for the show. So for all the you know best dressed and for Miss TK Oasis and all that sort of thing. Oh, very cool. Yeah, those are awesome. Yeah, I've. The last couple of years, I've just been living on uh, Instagram feeds of the the event. So, like I said, hopefully I'll be able to uh, enjoy it maybe uh, uh, next year. So, <laughs> if you can, it's even if you can, um, even if you can just come down during like they have uh, usually on, on Saturday during the day and Sunday during the day, it's open to the public. Mm -hmm. uh, you can just come. You know, it's like I always say, if you can, even just for a few hours, it's it's a thing to see. Oh, I know? bet. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Well, uh, sir, I, I just want to thank you uh, 
you know, I don't want to take much of your evening left over, but I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, just let yeah. you know you, you have a, a longtime supporter here. Uh, I was looking at your you. at your catalog online. I'm like, ooh, all right, I need to get that uh, Tiki Bar sign. I really dug that and a couple other stuff. So. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, before I let you go, can you let our listeners know uh, where they can find you on uh, social media or if they want to um, uh, shop on your site? Well, there's so, so I currently have a whole bunch of websites. Um, so uh, probably the best portal is easy, tikiking.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on there is links to Facebook. If you go up and click on socials, it has Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Tumblr, all those things. Um, <clears throat> but on Inst- on uh, Facebook, I'm actually tiki.king.7. Um, that's just how it rolled out. <laughs> um, well, I was, I was actually the first on, in, on Facebook. I was the first Tiki King, and then I deleted my account and mm-hmm. didn't go back years later. But uh, which... Who could know? But uh, yeah, so <clears throat> Instagram is tiki.king. Um, but yeah, if you just go to tikiking.com, that's the easiest one to remember. And that there's links to everything else from there, um, including my shopping sites and et cetera. Very cool. And I'll definitely put that in our show notes. So uh, uh, once again, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, like I said, it was, it was a pleasure meeting you uh, on the Jungle Cruise uh, at Adventure yeah, yeah. Day. And I, I love the necklace, and it's it's one of those that I always wear when I well have I've only worn it twice since at my tiki bar since uh, everything's yeah. closed down now. But it'll be one of my yeah. normal uh, accessories when I'm there. So, um, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so I hope you guys really enjoyed the interview. Uh, I could have kept talking to him forever. Uh, it was really just really interesting hearing his stories, and uh, like I said, his art. It is so amazing. I, I really want to, I'm, I'm definitely planning on getting a, uh, a Tiki bar sign once I get my, uh, my bar set up. So, um, definitely check them out. Uh, like I said, we'll put his, uh, uh, links in our show notes, but, uh, and if you don't follow him yet, keep, uh, follow him on Instagram and, uh, post some pretty awesome stuff. So, um, once again, hopefully, I'll be, hopefully be able to run into each other again at a, a Tiki land day, uh, soon or adventure land day again. But uh, that'll be it for our episode six. Uh, coming up next next month, uh, I'm working still on a, getting another amazing guest, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, you can keep interacting with us on Instagram. Uh, our page is starting to kind of expand a little bit, which is always good. So, um, yeah, anything you guys want to hear, if you have a, if, like I said, if you ever want to be on the show, just DM me and we'll get you on here. You can tell us your Tiki story, even if you're just like me, just a fan of everything in the Tiki community and you know, you're new or you've been in it for a long time, just what drew you to it. So uh, I'd love to talk to you guys. Um, uh, uh, let's see. And uh, you check, check us out our regular uh, Disney podcast, Disney universe podcast. And I uh, check out our Instagram. Uh, I'm also that one. I have a Twitter and Facebook, but I'm more, um, I use uh, Instagram a lot more. So, uh, definitely check that out. But um, if there's any guests you would like to see on the show or you, you know somebody that would be great for the show, uh, send them our way or let us know and I'll contact them. So, um, yeah. So, uh, once again, thanks for listening. I thank you guys for uh, sharing the show and interacting with us on Instagram. And um, until next time, mahalo. Mahalo.